Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. We can shit talk dad. He definitely doesn't listen. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? What's going on, Amy? <laughs> Guys, I told Jenny, I think I'm getting a stomach virus. Uh, and of course, I'm supposed to be coming to her house in like two days. You better not be fucking sick. If I catch a stomach virus from you, I'm going to be angry. Oh my God. Remember when I brought the, the when stomach virus to Georgia? To Savannah? No. no, no, no. You came to Savannah and you created a stomach virus and you gave it to all of us and then you left. Oh, that was pre pandemic when I was drinking out of Rando's beers and. <laughs> Amy was plastered. She tur- It was the weekend she turned 21. And she was that drinking was out of strangers' else. beers and yelling at mm-hmm. at some dude playing guitar that that looked like meatloaf. <laughs> but you don't say those words out loud. <laughs> except Amy started screaming, "Hey, meatloaf, play the Beatles!" And this was at like eight thirty at night. I wanted to hear the Beatles. <laughs> this it was like if it was like two a.m. Like it probably would have been okay. But this was at like eight thirty. Like people were just going to dinner. I have to say, I'm one of those, I, I know this is a shock, I'm one of those annoying people that when I'm out listening to loud, or to live music and I have a few beers in me, I want the musician to transform into a jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. And just don't play like what that. I want them to play. People don't like no, that. No, people hate that. Yeah. Yes. People hate me. They see me coming, they just hate me. <laughs> All right, Jenny. So today we are looking at season six, episode 16 darkness is my friend is it darkness is my friend yes the description reads on a dark and stormy night laura is sleeping over at the blind school and spending some quality time with mary trouble strikes when they open the door for a trio of escaped convicts threatening their lives and all the children in the school jenny can we take one minute and try to figure out where the fuck this title came from um yeah exactly maybe it came from um yeah, like where did? Yeah, like I. Thought oh, I know why. I know where it came from. Doesn't Mary? Tr- God, I feel like because Mary is blind, and, and her all the other sentence. Out, 
Right. She can make her way around and he can. She can't. has the advantage in this situation when but, the sighted but, person who doesn't know the place doesn't. But they never make that clear. No, yeah, well, you can figure that out. Okay. All right. We open on some real ominous Casio keyboard music. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the jail wagon. And we see a prison coach transporting some prisoners. And I wrote, this is doomed. We're fucked. I'm like, is that Emilio Estevez? (laughs) Three men are escorted from the coach to a train car. And the conductor's like, why do I have to take these criminals on my train? (laughs) He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And the cops assure the conductor that there will be heavy police presence. There's going to be two cops in the caboose with the criminals. With guns. With guns. And then there will be a few scattered throughout the train. And then I'm going to be here. I'm head honcho cop. He's like the <laughs> police cop. captain. Okay. And they're heading to Sleepy Eye. Yes. And I wrote, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. At the blind school, Adam and Carolyn and Hester Sue are heading out to go to Redwood Falls to beg for school funding. And I wrote, some things never change. There's some bogus business trip for Adam. Like, I feel like they just need to get Adam out of the way all the time. And they just write yes. him into, like, some bogus thing. Make him go hulk out in the woods and cry about something. <laughs> Mary's staying behind with little Adam. And outside, Pa is helping to get this brigade loaded in the wagon. And can we discuss, like, Mary and Adam saying goodbye? Like, they are the worst actors. They're almost it's impossible so to watch. It's so bad. She's like, get your ass out of here. He's like, yes, sir. I love you, sir. It's so Kiss dumb. me, sir. It's real weird. It's oh, real this weird. is a new writer. Vince Gutera. Is... He needs to, to dig a hole and jump in it. I have an index card. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this? Garbage. A third grader? <laughs> So, I always am suspect when I see a new writer on the show. You're like, where mm-hmm. did he come from? What favor mm-hmm. is Michael Landon playing his gardener which, or whatever? Which right? MFA program did they pluck him out of? I mean, you'd be lucky. Mm-hmm. So, he was the writer on seven Little House episodes. This is the first one, so buckle up. There's going to be more. Oh, great. He was the writer on six Highway to Heaven episodes. Mm. He was the sound director on 118 Little House episodes. Wow. So he is the sound guy that Charles was just like, hey, you want to write an episode? And they just give him the writing job. Yeah, because before that he was only in sound. So he was the dialogue replacement editor on Golden Golden Needles. That's his first gig. I want to punch everybody in the face. <laughs> just because you are in proximity to a show does not mean you could write for it. Apparently you can, eh? Oh, God. Okay. So, (laughs) I have questions around. If anyone's a dialogue replacement editor, let us know what that means. Because that seems to me like, okay, there could be the good shows that, you know, maybe something just got recorded over, you can't hear it, like there's a little tiny piece. But I feel like if you're swathing in large, like, overdubs of dialogue, then you failed. (laughs) Has he done this on Little House? Probably. He's done all of the sound Because stuff remember I told you that there were some episodes that you could tell they were clearly re-recording dialogue? Yep. So he failed at that because I could pick it up. So your first, his first job as a sound editor was on The Loneliest Runner. Oh. 
the loneliest runner guys is a <laughs> biopic of michael landon it's real tragic he did receive two emmy nominations for sound what? one was for 44 minutes i mean it's a big it was a big team and it was for sound in a mini series or a special show okay. Okay. 44 minutes the north hollywood shootout and see jane run in 1995 and he won two emmys for sound editing one was for the challenger in 1990 and one was for unnatural causes in 1986 wow but basically okay. landon was like hey dude you can do sound. You want to write? I knew you'd have. I, mean, a, I knew you'd freak out about this. If I was alive at this time, I would have been like. You were alive at this time. But if I was alive and near them, <laughs> I would have been like owning this shit and not oh six. You were. Yes. No, you were less than six. You were like four. In 1980, I was three. I think this is probably 81 by now. No, maybe 80. Yeah. Okay. So you were three. No, so it you would have owned 79 because it aired no, in 80. January of 80. Oh, that's true. Uh, so you would own this as a three-year-old? I always feel like, yeah. like in a You world could barely even talk when you were three. You realize of, that, right? In a world of incompetence, I would do really well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So now we have some comic relief with Harriet. She's coming across the meadow. Oh, my God. Nels is following her, carrying a huge trunk. What the hell? She's fall, he falls. Charles is laughing. And I wrote... Harriet and Nels are hilarious, but I feel like we need to make up our minds. Is Harriet funny and innocent comic relief, or is she the devil? She's horrible. Right? But did you hear what Nels said? Harriet's like, what are you doing, Nels? Like, after he rolls down the hill and dumps her, opens up her case and stuff. <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I thought I'd roll down the hill for a while. <laughs> and all I could think of was Jen rolling down the hill. I can I never think about rolling down a hill ever again without thinking about her. I know. And I wonder if, like, she just rolls down the hill for fun, like <laughs> Nels did. Do you remember when you were a kid, like, rolling down hills? No. Like, remember, you would put your arms up above you and you would roll. That's a log roll. Yeah, you would roll down hills. Do you remember that the egg fun. roll? Oh, yeah, I couldn't do the egg roll, really. That's when you pull your knees in, you're, like, mm-hmm. in the fetal position. My chiropractor suggested to me recently that I get in that position. I'm like, mm, have you seen me? <laughs> like, you think I can with ease pull my knees to my chest? <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. All right. So where am I? So everyone's dying laughing at these guys. So, so they head out. And in the background, we hear very innocently, Laura says, can, we, can I spend the night at the blind school at Mary? And Paul says, yes. Mm-hmm. Jenny. Would it be your worst nightmare if I kept asking you to come and sleep over your house? Oh, wait, I do that all the time. Not all the time, but it felt like it was a couple times this year. Yeah. So on the train, the prisoners ask the moron cop if he can unhitch their hands. They're like, hey, jailer. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? So he just sets his rifle aside and he does it. I'm like, no, dude. What a moron. They, of course, overpower him. And they knock out the other dude. Okay. So there's two dudes on the train. This moron, Moron A, puts his gun aside and is unhitching their hands. Moron B is like, has his gun pointed up in the air and is like staring off into space. Like, why not cock that shotgun and point it at them? Yep. And be ready. Yeah. Okay, whatever. So... They, of course, overpower them. They knock out the other dude. One of the prisoners gets shot in the scuffle. Well, because that was definitely going to happen, right? So, mm-hmm. like, 
Mm-hmm. The thing with rifles is all you got to do is get in close, but you got to get in close. So someone's probably going to get shot before that happens. Right. And it takes forever to reload it. Yep. So you don't have to worry about that. So the the prisoner who gets shot, I think, is able. Yes, and he's he's bleeding. And they leg. call these guys the Brandywine Boys, but I could mm-hmm. not find anything Mm-mm. historical on this. I don't Me think it's, I think they just completely made it up. I think they made it up. Meanwhile, in the front of the train, the head cop is bragging to the conductor about how easy it is to handle prisoners. <laughs> yeah, and hate. the conductor's like, uh, these Brandywines are very dangerous. Like, are you sure you have this under control? Then the conductor heads to another part of the train to get more food, and suddenly we see that the caboose containing the brandy wines has detached itself from the rest of the train, and boom, the criminals are on the loose. They unhook the caboose, which we know is a risky venture. Yes, yes, we know this. So at home, Albert is cooking dinner for Laura and packing, and or he's cooking dinner and Laura is packing for Mary's. Jen, there's a storm brewing outside, and Paul's like, do you want me to drive you to blind school? She's like, no, I'll walk. Full on, like, crazy thunderstorm. (laughs) (laughs) So it's dark, and she's walking. Yep. Okay. It's dark, it's thundering and lightning. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, there's an explosion on the stove. Albert has fucked up the baked potatoes. So let me get this straight. You have to put holes in potatoes? I, I don't. Yeah. But when I throw them on the grill, I will. You know what it is? That their oven's probably super hot. Like, yeah. it's probably, like, 500 degrees. Like, you know how we can, like, cook them at, like, 350? Like, they, they well, it's probably super here's, hot. Here's something really funny. I made baked potatoes last night. Wow, I am amazing. Everyone's so excited. No, but so it's excited. ironic because now we're talking about them. Okay. And I found a new recipe. And what you do is you rub the skins with olive oil, salt, and pepper. Mm-hmm. Put them in the oven at 450 for 25 minutes. Take them out. Flip them over, coat them in melted butter, another salt and pepper, put them back in for 20 minutes. The skin gets nice and crispy. And Isn't the that roasted? Is That's roasted potatoes. How is that baked potatoes? It's baked potatoes. In it's an roasted, oven, you're baking them. But they're roasted, them. like you're browning them. But you're also baking them in All an right, oven. All right, so then what's the difference between roasted and baked? Roasted potatoes, I cut them up you don't have and to, roast though. them. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I'm done with this conversation. What is the difference between roasting and baking? I think I'm roasting. I think roasting, you get them browned. Well, weren't, didn't these brown? Not really. The skin was crispy. but Crispy, but not brown. <laughs> All right. Whatever. I, don't, I, I don't hate understand. your guts. <laughs> I don't understand cooking. I don't understand I cooking. I hate your guts. I hate your guts. So it was okay. crispy and gray. Delicious. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Good. So... <laughs> Anyway, so Albert has fucked up the potatoes. Charles like, what's going on out there? He's like, we're going to have mashed potatoes. Literally in a hot oven. Yeah, I'm like, isn't he getting with burned? His hands and just starts grabbing all this shit. Like, ugh. At the blind school, some of the kids are freaked out by the thunderstorm. And Mary's, com- I wrote Mary's confronting them. Mary's comforting them. <laughs> <laughs> The storm is really whipping up outside, and Laura's walking in this. Well, Mary's like, it's God moving his furniture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, anyone Jenny. who lives in New York or a big city, you're used to your neighbors moving their furniture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this must be really loud. Jenny, when I was little, I think Dad used to tell me it was God bowling. Okay. Okay. So there's a knock at the door, and it's Laura. And Mary cannot get the door open. Because the lock is stuck, and Laura's like, I'm so good. Why are you here? Come on. It was raining. 
She's like yelling at her blind sister to hurry up. Mary lets her in and she says she doesn't, she apologizes. She's like, the lock is stuck. I don't lock it when Adam's here. And it must have gotten rusty or something. Can we discuss, can we back up a second? Yeah. Right. You know how we saw Mary's baby? Yes. Do you think the baby's cute? No. Okay. Um, that baby gives the best, like, like weird, like side eye meme Sting look. Eye. <laughs> like it's kind of always like this at Mary. Like, yeah, she's doing a stink eye side eye, Jen or guys. Okay, so Laura, Jen, did you get this? Like, Mary is a blind new mother. Okay, she is taking care of a brand new baby plus like ten other kids. Mm-hmm. And Laura's like, we're gonna stay up all night and talk and braid each other's hair and da da. Like, what? Okay. If I was Mary, I'd be like, we're going to fucking bed. Well, and do you notice that there was, like, that Scooby-Doo lightning outside? (laughs) So, out in the storm, the criminals are worried about Abel. He's bleeding out and they need a doctor. I'm sorry. We saw how much he was bleeding on the train. He would be dead by now. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. That wing sauce was flowing. There's no way. So, they find a sign that says Walnut Grove and they head there. Back at the Ingalls, Albert's food is horrific, and Charles, like, really lays into him about this food. <laughs> he has to scrap it, Jen, and decides to make everyone popcorn for supper. You want to take this one? Popcorn would not fill me for supper. Do you remember when Dad made us popcorn and green Kool-Aid for dinner? <laughs> yes, I do. We can shit talk Dad. He definitely doesn't listen. He did not cook. <laughs> well, he was supposed to cook us dinner or get us dinner. I don't know what happened. But there was some kind of, like, something I fucked up. I don't know if we were supposed to go out or whatever. Or if mom was supposed to cook something and leave it. I don't know. But he was mad, so he made popcorn and green Kool-Aid for dinner. That sounds very believable. So, Jen, even Reverse Lafayette Beetle won't eat it. Even Reverse Lafayette Beetle turns this down. And Reverse Lafayette Beetle probably eats his own shit. Let's face it. No comment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) At the blind school, Laura and Mary are laughing and swapping stories about their siblings and their childhood. I have Laura and Mary are having a poorly written conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny, all of a sudden, Mr. Olson just walks right in. And I was like, is this Winoka Nels? Because he's wearing all black and he kind of looked like he was going to be fun. He did like a Kramer entrance. Yeah. Guys. You don't, again, again, pro tip, you don't sneak up blind people. You just you don't. don't. You don't. That's not God. okay. I mean, you don't sneak up on anyone, but especially blind people. Yeah, he okay. just busts in. So he's like, oh, I just, and they, he scares them. They jump Rightfully up. so. Yes. So he's like, oh, I just popped in to check on you, but looks like you're fine, so I'm going to leave. Yep. He leaves. He must not even be down the end of the driveway. How did he not see these guys? I don't know. And there's a knock on the door. Laura opens it without even asking because who it is. Because she thinks it smells. Mm-hmm. It's the Brandywines. And I wrote, they're not in a good mood. I wrote, is this Sly, Sly Stallone? I thought I saw him in that group. Yep. So they march Laura and Mary upstairs at gunpoint to put Abel in a bed. Mary tells him, there are blind kids here. And they ask if there's a doctor, and they send Laura to get Dr. Baker. But before she leaves, they threaten her. This was a dumb move on their part. Mm-hmm. You don't send somebody out. And now they're she's like, free. And they're like, if you say anything, 
your sister's a dead woman. Mm-hmm. The Brandy ones toss Mary around a bit and say menacing things about her baby, like that's a fun looking well, baby. You well, got they there. see the baby and they freak out because God forbid, of course, she's not a single woman with a baby. So yes. they're like, "Where's her husband?" Yes. So in town, Laura cannot find Baker. Now keep in mind, she's running around in the rain. And I wrote, run right to paw, run right to paw. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Laura runs to Nell's, the absolute last, last person. person. He's not going to help. I would Because he's not Winoka Nell's anymore. Now he's wearing his normal outfit. Right. <laughs> Nell's tells Laura, Baker is out at some farm having supper. Is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen X pro tip, Jen. If kidnappers let you get away completely out of their sight, run for help. Yeah. Yep. Run for help. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Laura leaves, and she goes back to the blind school empty-handed, and she stands there, and you don't know what she's going to do. And then we see she runs to Pa. She does the whole, like, busts in and starts crying on Pa's lap, like, freaking out. And, like, this reminded me of the one and only time I've ever done this, and I was, like, 21 years old. You burst in and start crying in Dad's lap? On Mom's bed. I threw myself on mom's bed and started sobbing. Why? Because I had my first UTI and it was so painful <laughs> and I thought something was really wrong with me. I didn't even live home anymore. I had lived with my friend mm-hmm. Jen. Not mm-hmm. that, not the, mm-hmm. not the Jen and the Mimi B's, a different Jen because there was like 16 of us. And I lived with her and like we were out partying and drinking all the time and stuff and like I got a UTI, which mm-hmm. I had never had before. Now I get them mm-hmm. all the time, but I had never mm-hmm. had one before. STD, STD. It wasn't STD. Mm-hmm. And I was ignoring it, thinking it would get better, and then it was getting worse. And it was, they're so painful. And mm-hmm. I thought, STD. like, and I'm driving to work. I worked at Sears at the time. I'm driving mm-hmm. to work, and I'm like, something's wrong with me. And I just, like, and you had to make a pit stop. <laughs> and I just went off the, to mom and dad's house, and I come running in because I had the keys. And they're in their bedroom watching TV, and I just threw myself on the bed and was crying. My mother's like, what's wrong with you? Pretty dramatic. Like, what is going on? And I'm like, there's something wrong with me. It's funny you say that because I called mom sobbing hysterical last week. Last week? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was having the, what I call, Omicron breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like all my friends had that over the weekend. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mine hasn't stopped. I've sobbed regularly every day yeah. so far. So. I feel like the reality know. of all this shit was like, mm-hmm. I felt like we were okay for a little while. Now everyone was just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like This morning, I literally had to stop, wait until I stopped crying to put on my makeup to nice. go to work. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I think everybody's having a meltdown. Oh, this is where we're at, guys. Oh. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay. So I I was hoping that Charles would pretend to be the doctor. Of course he's going to. I felt like so this was a bad plan. They run to Baker's, they kick down the door, and he grabs Doc's bag. And I wrote, so he just robbed Doc Baker. They should have gotten Doc and then had Doc go in with Laura. And now Michael Landon has the advantage of he knows he's there, but they don't know he's mm-hmm. there. And, like, yes. Doc is distracting. Like, that would have been a much better move. Yes. Yep. So they arrive at the blind school, and they come up to Abel. The men are very suspicious. Of and course. Mary recognizes Pa's voice, but says nothing. But reacts. She reacts a little bit. The one brother says, you got to get this lead out of his leg and no one gets hurt. So now Charles has to fake surgery. surgery. He has to fake surgery. I feel like I've watched enough shows that I could at least fake a surgery. I, I can I make it do. look. I can make it look like I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> I think I'm not. He did a good, I think he did a good job. He spent, he was too focused on knocking the guy out and tying the guy up, which was very suspicious. <laughs> Charles whips out some ether and starts administering that shit. <laughs> Like, that guy's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. He can't even walk. Like, worry about the other two. Now, back to Nels. Nellie is practicing singing. Oh, my God. And I can't. I can't with this. I can't. So, Doc Baker knocks on the door and comes in for some tea. And while they're talking, Nellie is singing the entire time. Yep. Michael Landon, come closer. (laughs) We don't need this stress in our lives right now. You need to hand off the directing reins to someone else. To anyone. To anyone Give else. Give them to Claxton. Where's our buddy? Where's our Claxton? Where's Claxton? <laughs> Doc says, oh, uh, Nels tells her, like, Nels tells Doc, Laura was by. And Doc's like, as soon as I have my tea, I'll go out and check on Mary. Okay. At the blind school, Charles makes the men tie Abel to the bed. He's like, look, I'm going to have to do surgery, and this ether's going to wear off. This dude's going to wake up. I can't have that. Then there's a knock at the door, and oh, shit, oh, it's shit. Doc Baker. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just as they discover this, Mary unlocks the door just in time for Baker to walk in and get hit in the face with the <laughs> rifle. So Doc Baker is useless to the criminals and to the Ingles. Mm-hmm. Now one brother has Mary hostage, and I want to talk about two things here. Okay, number one. Doc Baker came by to check on Mary, but he never went to get his bag? What I was he going to do? Because if he went to get his bag and saw the door was kicked in, he would have known something was something wrong. Something was wrong, yeah. But I guess he never did that. Okay, bad writing. Number, number two, in this standoff, the criminal has a long shotgun, mm-hmm. and he has Mary by the neck. Yeah. Charles is standing across the room and has a pistol. Yeah. Now, this robber is going to have a lot of physical difficulty shooting Mary at close range with a shotgun. Charles should just take the shot right at his head. But what we discover later, and I don't know if Charles knew this, is that that guy also had a pistol in his pants. I don't think Charles knew it. 
Jen, did he have a pistol in his pants? Yes, he did. <laughs> Sounds so weird. Mary pushes the robber, and they all run. Well, and Mary tips Pa's hand. That's She should have never done that. She yells, Pa. Yes, help she me, does. Pa. She should have been like, Yeah, but help. they know there's not two Dr. Bakers. But he, she should have yelled, help me, Sheriff. Like, to make them think that he's, like, Somebody trained else. and not emotionally involved in this. Because okay. now they know that these are his daughters. I disagree. I think a father would... For, I'd be way more afraid of an armed father than I would be of a cop. <laughs> no, I'd be way more afraid of an armed mother than, than a cop. <laughs> right. So in the room with Laura... So meanwhile, Charles tells Laura to stay in the room with the unconscious injured criminal. I know, stupid. So he comes too, and he starts moaning, and Laura cracks him over the head with the lamp. So hilarious. he's disabled. That was hilarious. Then there's like a long montage of all of them walking around the house... At one point, the dude shoots at Pa and he hits him in the face, right? Pa is standing in front of a door with a guy who could have a gun outside of it. And right. the shotgun will shoot through, through the that door. door. Yeah. Right. Which so was Pa's, very stupid. I thought he got hit in the chest, but later his face is bandaged. I think it got, he got grazed, I think. Yeah. So this awakens that annoying blind kid from before and she starts crying out. Why does have Pa get shot again? How many times has this man been shot? Yeah, he's been shot quite a while. All right, Jen, in the end. Then there's a cat. Whose fucking cat is that? There is a cat. And the cat, like, makes some commotion in the kitchen. Yep. And there, There's just a lot of this. And I just wrote, in the end, Mary has a stare down with the dude. He points the shotgun right at her. But then he, like, menacingly puts the gun aside and moves towards her. Yeah. And she starts to scream bloody murder, which was a smart move. Mm -hmm. And Pa comes from behind, knocks the dude out. Now all the men are down. Well, and like Mary runs into the closet and she closes the door. I'm like, why didn't she lock it? And then I'm like, why would there be a lock on the inside of the door of a closet? <laughs> like, There's probably not a lock. It would be on the outside. It wouldn't be on the inside of a closet. Well, my closet locks from the inside. It does? Do I have a lock on my closet? No, I don't think I do. No, of course not. Mm -mm. I should. <laughs> that would be I should really have a weird and room. insane. Should have a panic room closet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this guy's a douche. Pa's going to cut him into a million little pieces. Um, Laura tends to Doc Baker. He wakes up and says, I'll tell you one thing. This is the last time I ever make a house call. Well, and can we discuss? So Pa knocks the guy out. Mm -hmm. And then he's all hugging Mary and Laura and they're all talking. Aim, what should he have done? He should have stabbed the guy, <laughs> shot the guy in the head, stomped on the guy's skull. <laughs> stabbed him 18 times. Overkill. Stabbed him 18 guys. times. I know. I know. I meanwhile, the instead, they're in the corner like, wow, what a caper. <laughs> so the next day, we see the police out at the blind school. And, and there's no, like resolution like we go right into this scene with adam talking about not being able to get funding they're all for the stressed school. out about not getting funding for the school i'm like wait, wait a minute wait. this like, is what the conversation is about today right how how do they we were have almost no murdered. resolution they were literally almost raped and murdered well and here's my question where did they keep the criminals all night i don't know because the cops are there in the morning well pa said he'd go take care of this one like, something's not adding up here. Well, and they act like this was just like a, 
a funny mishap. Yes. This was crazy. Jenny, I have to say something. When I was a kid, this was much more, in my memory, much more menacing. Yeah. It really was not menacing. But they're 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 talking about their, pro- oh, we can reapply next year, blah, blah, blah. No one mentions the three murderers that are running around the house today. <laughs> Finally, Esther Sue says something like, well, after what you guys have been through. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's what should have happened if I was writing it. Um... Charles would have, so they would have, Nels would have come because Nels would have figured out something was wrong. Yeah. So he would have come. The three of them, Doc Baker, Charles, and Nels, would have taken the men down to the basement, handcuffed them to a pole. Where they and have kept them from. down. And sit there with the shotgun. Yeah. Tie them to the pole then. Sit there with the shotgun and watch them all night. Yeah. And then in the morning the police come. We yeah. missed that unclear what and then carolyn could come in and be like oh my god charles and they start making out just i mean it, i felt like they treated it as like a funny scooby-doo caper <laughs> yes, yes. super weird yes. okay so the cops come in so adam's like upset because the school board turned him down for funding oh, god. dude the cops your wife almost like, got mm-hmm. murdered and your baby <laughs> maybe focus on that that baby's on borrowed time. <laughs> that's, so, that's so wrong. Oh my God. That's so bad. So just then the cops come in and they're like, hey, Charles, uh, how do you want your thousand bucks? Do you want it cash? Or... And, and I'm like, like, wait a minute. How can there be a reward for these brothers when they were already in custody? Because they escaped again and they must have issued a reward. A reward. That was quick. They were escaped for one day. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Jen, Charles, instead of saying, I'll donate $500 to the blind school and the other $500, I'll, I don't know, feed my family for six months. Put it in my bank months, account. Put it in savings. He gives the whole $1,000 to the blind school. He's like, just sign it over to them. And they all kind of like, ha, 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 what a trip. Yeah, it's so weird. And then we see the brandy wines all carted off in a paddy wagon. <laughs> it was so, it was like, it was dark but they made it like a dumb caper too yeah like it was just the habit like it was just inconsistent it was inconsistent um jenny whose fault is this this is nels slash laura's fault why because if nels had not shown up laura would have not just opened the door because she thought it was him knocking again so she just opened it she didn't even ask but they would have got wrong answer Eh, wrong answer Okay. It's the policeman's fault well, yeah. for unhitching their hands. Good point. Yeah. One might say, one might say, it's the criminal's fault. <laughs> no, one might, one might blame the criminal. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jenny. At the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took from the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why we were terrified of home invasions, and I'm a total lock freak. I'm a total crazy. I mean, I feel like dad and mom are responsible for that, too. But, like, maybe this is why they were lock freaks. Like, I just. I'm not I'll, a huge lock freak. I'll walk in. The, I know, and it makes me insane. I'm always locking your doors. <laughs> like, I'll walk in and be like, lock, 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 lock. But I was yeah, like that no yeah. matter where I lived. I didn't have to live in a city to be like that. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I'm also really weird about home invasions. Yeah. Yeah. That movie, The Strangers. No, I don't Mm-mm. want to know about it. Nope. 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 
they wear the old timey lynch hoods, the lynch mob hoods, oh, the old timey ones. And you mean they the just KKK re- hoods? No, no, no. Think about lynch mobs. Think about young guns yeah, too. Lynch mobs yeah. like wore the predecessor to the KKK thing, didn't they? Wasn't That's what the, the KKK, KKK one's pointy? Based on. Yeah, isn't the lynch mob one pointy? No, it's like square at the top, squared off. Okay, all right. It's like a pillowcase. Gross. It's probably a pillowcase. It's like a sack. Yeah, it's probably. So what it is. they wear those and they just randomly pick houses and terrorize people. Nope. No. Nope. The randomness, nope. the home invasion Mm-mm. stuff. I can't deal Mm-mm. with that. Jenny, I have. This is why I never, ever, ever, ever trust a prisoner transport. Never. Oh, that this is what it's, you got out of this. It's this. It was Halloween. Oh, it, it was Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> like, it was a thing. Yeah, that's right. It's a thing. That's right. It's a I, thing. The Halloween one. I forgot about that. We mm-hmm. did that on our pa- Patreon. Is that on Patreon or is that on the regular feed? I can't remember. But whenever I see they're transporting a prisoner, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Transporting prisoners going wrong was a thing. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's my thing. No transporting prisoners around me. Mm-mm. Like, wherever you catch a prisoner, just fucking leave them there. Just leave them there in that prison. When you get them to prison, breathe a sigh of relief. Leave them there. <laughs> All right, Jenny, you know what I wanted to ask you real quick? Are you watching the new Sex in the City? I watched two episodes. So did I. What were your thoughts on I this? I was horrified. I was horrified by the whole thing. It wasn't good. It was... I mean, it's it's cringeworthy. I don't know if, like, that's intentional and it's going to change. It was Guys, so cringy. Spoil- spoilers ahead if you haven't watched it and you want to skip. Yeah. When Big is having his heart attack, why did she not call 911? A. B. Peloton flipped the fuck out about that. <laughs> yes, they did. Because here's what happened. They were probably like, we want to feature the Peloton in the new. And they were like, yeah, great, okay. Like, And they probably mm-hmm. signed a contract, but didn't get into the details of what the storyline was because mm-hmm. they, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have revealed that storyline because that would have been top secret that like that, right that big dies but i feel like they did kind of make it a point of he smokes cigars he doesn't live a healthy lifestyle well peloton they did, did put that in there yeah but they but, flipped out she she finds him though and he's like still conscious I know, that's so stupid. Why like, call 911. Do CPR. What are you doing? Yeah. Do you think she was like, mm, I'm going to let this, I'm just going to let him die. She's married to him. Right. She's going to get a lot of money. Yeah. In that house. Jenny, in New York, how much is that? Oh, my God. Millions. millions. Tens of millions, probably. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, I found it cringeworthy. I found it, like, I feel like they're trying to update it and it's not working. Well, I don't, like, my question is, thinking of how they were in the original one, where, like, Miranda was kind of the voice of reality for a group that has no tie to reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, that's still, take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But, like, none of, the times have changed and none of them have changed at all. None of them have grown into, because like, they would have been, like, 30 in the original one, right? So mm-hmm. now they're in their 50s. Like, none of them have evolved at all. They're still exactly the same people that they were, like, in their late 20s and 30s. Yeah. And that that that's real bad now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, most people evolve over the, that time. And they, like, they're still trying to be exactly the same people. And it's just terrible. It's awful. Like, it just doesn't. 
it doesn't read well. It doesn't, it just doesn't track well in today's society. Like and Miranda's then, coming off as this awful Karen. Yeah, what is going on there? Because what she's trying to do is so cringy, and it probably was cringy then, but like, yeah. not like it is now. You know what I mean? Like it's, she's doing all the virtual virtual signaling. You know what I mean? All that kind of virtue. shit. Virtue, virtue, virtue. I always say that not wrong. Not virtual signaling. Virtual. That's different. Like she's doing all of that. You know what I mean? The white saviorness, like mm-hmm. all like all that mm-hmm. stuff. Which may have read better in 1990 than it does now. Yeah. Yep. And Carrie trying to be involved with the podcast. It's just not. It's, and But she won't talk about sex because she's like all weird about it. Because she won't talk. Like what she did before was like a shtick. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like. Mm-hmm. And now like these people are trying to have real conversations around real issues. Mm-hmm. And she's like all weird and prudish about it. And it's like just super cringy. But they're like, it's real. Like, like that's, there's people like that out there. And then Miranda's, I I say it like this, eulogy of Big was probably the worst written thing I've ever seen in a show. Supposedly Carrie wrote it, though. What is that? Carrie wrote it. Carrie's a fucking writer. Yeah. And then did you see Big has all the sexual harassment, rape, slash, terrible allegations against him? In real life. In real life. Yeah, I know. I'm not surprised with that at all. Yeah. And he's, like, been canceled. <laughs> Is that why they killed him? I don't know. That's not why they killed him. I don't but... think that he wanted to be on the show. I think they just wanted to, like, kind of have an ending to that. Why didn't they just have him die off screen? I don't know. Mm. Not great, Michael Parks or whatever not your great. name is. Not great. Mm-mm. And then Charlotte's still the same with, like... She has the one, like, gender-neutral daughter mm-hmm, who she mm-hmm. just rolls over mm-hmm. and is like, here's a dress, wear a dress. Like, it's You're awful. wearing the dress no matter what. It's uh, awful. It's very that awful. Made, being the mother of two daughters, that made me cringe. Yeah, it's terrible. I was like, your kid clearly does not want to yeah. wear the dress. Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just... And then, what's with Steve's hearing aids? I, is that, like, a real thing? Why is that in there? I have no idea. So weird. Okay. Yeah. So that's our that's Sex in the City update, guys. Not I good. mean, to be fair, I was not a huge fan of the original show. Yeah, I know. Me either. But I, I liked it enough, though, like that I wanted to see I liked it because it was in New York City. So I liked seeing, yeah. like, New York City. But it wasn't real. It wasn't realistic. It never Do was realistic. You, I really liked the movie, the first one. Oh, no, I don't think I ever was saw Was it those. the first one when she was with Mikhail Gorbachev? No, not Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail. What was his name? What <laughs> movie did you see? She's with the ballet dancer. What's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I, I don't know his name. I forget his name. Uh, it's the, not the, Mikhail Gorbachev. That would be a really different movie. <laughs> oh, I need to know his name. What is it? Mikhail Barishnikov. Thank you. We've been recording for like three hours. Yeah, I'm brain dead. Okay. All right, Jane, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? May we make them proud part one after. Oh, Abe. After this is it. This is blind school fire. Oh, Albert's carelessness results in a tragic accident that leaves Alice Garvey, maybe's baby son dead. It's two parts. Say that again. Because you said Mary's baby or you said maybe's Barry. (laughs) Mary's baby. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, we're definitely doing that one. So, guys, we are heading into the blind school. Season six, 
Episode 18, May We Make Them Proud, Part 1. I don't know why it's called that. That's fucking dark. Um, from Blind School Fire. Get ready. Buckle up. It should just be called Blind School Fire. <laughs> it is. Maybe it that's what we'll called, call it on our feed. It should be called Darkness Is Not My Friend. <laughs> okay. All right, Jenny. Um, anything else before we go? I don't think so. Can I be excused? Yeah. All right, guys. Check out our Patreon. Check out our Instagram. That's where we post most things. And um, everybody, I mean, you're going to hear this after Christmas, but have a happy holiday. We hope you had a happy holiday. Right, Jenny? Yeah, we're going to try to record like 15 sessions when I'm at Amy's house. Jenny's like bah humbug. Jenny, maybe we can try the Overcooked 2, the sequel to the video. Do you have it? I have it. Okay. I'm ready. Ready for it. What's in your background? What's the big RCA box? It's a refrigerator, a little mini fridge for my studio. Oh, nice. Okay. I thought maybe that was my Christmas present. It was lost in the mail, so I canceled it on Amazon because it was gone. Remember, it was Mm -hmm. supposed to be delivered at Weird Hill. I'm like, why did they send this to the post office? So, you know, after like a week and rescheduling it twice and waiting here for it, it wasn't here. Thank God I had my class, so I had to be here anyway. I'm like, this isn't coming. Like, I give up. Like, it, no, nothing is updated. They haven't even acknowledged. They, they confirmed the redelivery and they never did it. Mm-hmm. So Amazon refunded it. And then when I was in California, which is like a month after I ordered it, mm-hmm. I see that it gets delivered. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not even at my studio. But they happened to, they, they happened to do it when the office was open. So they put it in my studio for me. Oh, God. Okay. But I was like, and then I got char- I'll get charged from Amazon again if I don't return. Is that your cocktail fridge? Yeah. You can keep your mini bar in there? That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.